Good morning and welcome to San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. It's really good to be with you this morning, even though it's a little frigid in our chapel. I hope that you join us as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Let us read Psalm 15, 1 through 5. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends, nor take up a reproach against their neighbors, in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. The word of the Lord. Chronicles 29. Let's read this together. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted.
Let's sing of our faith this morning. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God. Come on. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore.
dwell in us in a way in which we can show others the love of Christ. Today, let's pass a piece of Christ to one another in the mindset of us passing justice and the praise of God to one another as well. You may go and pass a piece of Christ.
Well, may the peace of Christ be with you as we continue to worship in this place. At this time in our service, we're going to pray over our kids and our youth as they go on into their part of their church, our church. And so let's pray this prayer from Philippians over our kids and youth. This is my prayer for you, our children, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best, may you be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Amen. Kids, youth, you're dismissed. This morning, as we continue in our worship, we are going to spend some time in prayer. And in this morning, we are going to uh, have prayers of confession. It is not easy to confess the ways that we have fallen short and the ways that we mess up before God. So we're going to take some time to confess the ways that we have stumbled. As I pray these prayers, uh, these short um, prayers, uh, I will end with the line, Lord, have mercy. And at that point, would love for you to join with me and say, Christ, have mercy. I'll take a moment of silence in between each prayer after these words have been said. Let this be a time that you take these words, let them meditate on your heart and mind, that they might become your own, and that we might confess all that we have fallen short before God in. Let us pray. Lord, we confess we have not fulfilled your calling on our lives. We have chosen our own paths, our own wisdom, and tend to reject your ways. We've set out plans which run counter to the grain of your creation, your kingdom, your will. Lord, reconcile our motivations and agendas with the teaching of Christ and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, we confess that too often we have constructed and worshipped a version of you that is a mere projection of ourselves. We try to keep you in a box of our own design. We tend to worship a lowercase g God that will exemplify and affirm our narrow views and false selves. Lord, sort out our idolatry. Upend our projections and open our hearts and minds to your radical goodness and mystery. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, we confess that we have malformed relationships with our past. We have ignored our pasts and tend to repeat the mistakes and tragedies 
in our present. Or we have chosen to live in our pasts and have not let present relationships and opportunities go well. We've let them go to ruin. Lord, reckon us with our past that we might live courageously and filled with hope in our present circumstances. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, we confess that we have not exercised your justice. We have allowed earthly powers to dictate how we understand those in our community and those who are different from ourselves. We have judged too quickly and to tragic ends. Lord, transform our ways of understanding justice in our community and in our country. Let us be quick to listen and slow to speak. Grant us the courage to stand up for every person, for they are stamped with your image on their life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, we confess that we have withheld our God-given gifts from the community of faith. We have held back our resources, our talents, and our insights out of fear or greed or insecurity. Lord, remind us that you have called us fully and vulnerably into the service of your kingdom come. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, forgive us all of these things, all of the ways, spoken and unspoken, that we have trespassed against you. Lord, forgive us as we forgive those around us. We pray this in your name.
Let's stand together and offer ourselves before our Creator. Offering our hearts and our minds, our strength for the will of God to be done through us. Won't you come tear down the walls I build? Every wall I build, every wall I build. Cause you deserve every piece of my every piece of my every piece. Oh, won't you come, come tear down the walls I build, every wall. into the passage before we read the passage. So Austin, if you can kind of slowly make that chord just kind of a conclusion right there. Oh, nice. Well done. Beautiful. (laughs) Thanks, Austin. Thanks, Praise Band. Um, I'd like to take you on a journey with me this morning before we jump into this passage. Actually, the truth is that the journey takes us into this passage. Some of you have been on um, this journey um, maybe in one of your expeditions 
individually or with friends or as a family. But if you head up to Zion National Park, which is just a gorgeous place in so many ways, you'll come to the visitor center if you've been able to find a place to park. Maybe you had to take the bus to get to the visitor center because it has become a rather popular and crowded place. But it's set in such a beautiful part of the world. And it happens to be within driving distance for all of us. Sitting right there where um, several states come together, driving through the southern portion of California, past um, through, through uh, Nevada as well, past Las Vegas, further north past St. George, turning off and heading east into Zion National Park. And if you found a parking space and you've taken the bus and you've made it to the visitor center, right near there, there is a tram that will take you to various hiking spots. And I'm catching by some of the smiles on your face that maybe some of you have done that. You can go up to Angel's Landing. You can take some wonderful walks through some beautiful pasture areas. You might see some deer. You'll see some beautiful um, birds that uh, um, have made this place their home. If you take the tram to one of the furthest spots that it goes, it takes you to the Narrows. If you're not familiar with the Narrows, though I see a lot of heads nodding, the Narrows is um, a place where, as you're dropped off of the tram, there's a sidewalk that runs right along this river that normally is moving at a pace that you can feel the current, but where they drop you off at the tram, the breadth of where the river is kind of spread out slows the water down a little bit. And you start walking this blacktop sidewalk with the river to your left, beautiful foliage to the right, and these beautiful rocks and um, outcrops that just kind of begin to move up around you. With the crowd, you start walking, and if you are unfamiliar with it, you just follow the crowd. And if you ever decide to do this, I'll give you just a piece of insider information that they don't tell you because you're just uncertain. Do I need a walking stick? Do I need to buy a walking stick? Do I have to get some of those poles that look a lot like ski um, poles but just have those rubber tips on the bottom that help you navigate? Well, when you come to the end of the sidewalk, there are a whole bunch of people who have either purchased or gotten walking sticks and decided they didn't want to take them home and they just leave them right there at the end of the sidewalk. And you can just grab one. So you didn't need to buy one at the Welcome Center or any other place. They're there. And you decide if you want one. So depending on the time of day and where the sun is and what you've chosen to wear, you might decide to walk the narrows a little bit through the water. So you wade into water that's probably just above your ankles, because as I said, it's spread out. And depending on how much water is coming through, they usually won't let you go if there's rain in the forecast. But in that part of the country, the forecast is not always accurate. 
So there is this important caution that if you start feeling rain or if you sense rain is coming, please get out of the river and make your way back to where you started because the rains can fill up the creeks pretty quickly in that area and the creeks begin to wash down the sides of these rock outcrops that are on either side and the river can fill up pretty fast and then there's no bank or edge for you to walk and it becomes pretty dangerous. So, appropriately, the people are cautioned again and again. But this particular day, we're together, all of us. It's beautiful and sunny. Plenty of water in the river, but not so much that it feels overwhelming. And we begin to walk. There are times when you're just walking on the bank beside, and then the bank disappears, and you look across, and you see that the bank is now on the other side. So you wade across the waters. If it's still pretty spread out, that water won't get higher than your calves. Hopefully you wore shoes that can get wet. If not, hopefully you don't care that the shoes they can't get wet got wet because they're going to be wet. You get to the other side and you keep walking. This is about the time where a lot of people say, this has been nice. It's been great. I've seen it. This is the Narrows. I can see up ahead and the cliffs on either side just get higher and higher. Wow, it's beautiful. I think I'll go back and do something else. That was the experience of my friend who was with me on this particular trip a few years back. And he looked at me and said, are you enjoying yourself? I go, yeah, this is fantastic. He said, you don't mind walking in the water? I said, no, this is great. I said, it's obvious you're not enjoying this. Go back, and I'll meet up with you in several hours. He said, you sure you're okay with that? Absolutely. So he left, went back. And I continued with a slightly smaller crowd further down. Because further down, as we're going, you will find that the narrows get narrower. The water a little bit deeper. And because it's narrower and a little bit deeper, the current is a little bit stronger. And you don't notice it quite as much until you're in the water because the rocks don't build up and show you some of those currents. But you step into it and now it's up to the knees or up to the thighs. And there are fewer and fewer people. You might have decided that this journey is going to take us to the falls that everybody talks about. Yeah, it'll take us a little while to get there, but we can make it to the falls. So we have to keep walking. And there are a couple places where we're going to have to cross to the other side where the bank has appeared on the other side again, and the water's going to come up close to your waist and you just feel a little uncomfortable waiting because you can't quite tell how deep it is until it's as deep as it is. And if you have a backpack or you're carrying anything, you're holding it up high and you walk across to the other side and you might have contemplated trying to shimmy across the log, the tree trunk that was laying across, but you decided, no, that looked even worse, slipperier and a little mossier and that didn't look good. I'm just gonna get wet. More people have turned away and gone back. Now, 
if you were expecting like a real falls, you could easily miss the spot that everybody was deciding to walk to, which is what happened to me. I kept looking up for the big falls. Just had in my mind Niagara Falls or something. I'm not sure what it was. Turns out, I found out later, it was just where this water shoots out from having kind of worked its way underground in some ways or through a crevice, and it was shooting out from the sides of one of these sheer cliffs going straight up, and it was about 12 feet high, and it just poured into the river. I didn't even notice it as I was walking by, and I kept walking. Well, that's the point so many people turn around and head back, because it's quite a hike to get there. I thought, no, I want to see the falls. <laughs> so we're still walking. Nobody else is around. Nobody else. Many people have gone this far. But on this particular day, there's no one else to see. And here in this place, where you can catch glimpses of beautiful trees but way up high, and going through some spots where the distance from one wall to the other is completely filled with water, but because at this point there are several tributaries coming in, it's not overwhelmingly deep, about up to the knees, but the shadows are blocking the sun in every direction. And you look down this canyon and you feel in awe. Malachi 6. Hear what the Lord says. Rise up. Plead your case before the mountains. Let the hills hear your voice. The start of this passage has language that mirrors a courtroom. But the courtroom is set in God's great creation. It's as if the jury box is one edge of the cliffs going up one side. It is as if the witness box is another mountain off on the other side the trees giving testimony when they're called upon. Hear you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you endearing foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people. And he will contend with Israel. Oh, my people, what is it that I've done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. For, unless you've forgotten, I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. I sent before you Moses, Aaron, Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now that King Balak of Moab, you remember what he devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered of him? And what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord? Have you forgotten those things? 
the people respond as Micah speaks their voice. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And then the response. He has told you, O mortal, He's told you what is good. So what does the Lord require of you? Simply to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly before your God. This is an invitation. An invitation to bring your grievance. And I invite you to the Narrows. To be in a spot where you can see God's handiwork. Be reminded not of what you've done, but of what God's done. To be reminded of all of the things that weigh you down, but then in that moment to catch a glimpse of the God who holds you up. The God who does not ignore any of those things that feel hurtful, sorrowful, that bring grief or pain. But in the midst of that, to hear God speak through all of the witnesses that surround you and say, but I also want you to remember I heard your cry in Egypt. I brought you up out of slavery. I was with you in the desert. I brought you across the Jordan. And now's your opportunity for you to look back over your history and plug in your storyline of what God did not forget, how God provided. Each time it seems like I grab hold of the chains again and put them back on myself. I grab the key to the jail cell, unlock it, and put myself in. And God keeps coming again and again. And contends. I see what's happened. Let me invite you out of Egypt again. Let me invite you to take the chains off again. This has been a hard, hard week. It's not my life that's hard. I feel so blessed and so grateful for the journey that I've been allowed to have. But as a country, as a state, and for some who have made the choice not to watch news for a month, great. I'm sorry to invade you in these moments. But for anyone who's listened to a radio broadcast or watched the TV news, to see once again 
the violence that has taken place. And I am convinced that there certainly are solutions, just no easy ones. I, I am probably telling you a statistic with which you're already familiar, but for those people who track things, this last year, 2022, the number of mass shootings in our country, that simply being defined of as those where four or more people have been shot. I don't, if you haven't heard the statistics, this may be as overwhelming to you as it is to me. In 2022, over 600 mass shootings. Seems like we're on a similar pace. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 and we're not even out of January this year. I know some of you do work that takes you into those places. God bless you. Those who report on such things or those who try and prevent such things or those who do research on such things. I, I'm grateful I didn't say I was going to do this, but Joel Day, for your work in the research of trying to figure out how those things lead to conversations that lead to violence and what we can do to try and make a difference. And all of you who participate in trying to reflect on individual and personal responsibility and what role do I play and how do we speak up and when do we speak up and when we have an opportunity, how do we even know how to speak up in those moments? I don't want to take you out of the Narrows. I want to bring you back to that place. I want there to be an audience with God. In fact, the question is, where is God? Where do you find God? In the midst of those things, whether it's the big picture things that I just said or just, just in your own workplace or the circumstances you face, I love on a Sunday morning to come over here very, very early. It tends to be my practice. Before there's anyone in any of the buildings. Because it's nice for a few moments to be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> because as soon as anyone else shows up, I no longer am. Whoever it is that shows up, I don't know their story. I could never imagine what it is to walk in their shoes. I don't, I don't know what brings them to this moment. I'm as ignorant about all of those issues of another person's life as soon as they come into the room as I am of anything. And I realize just in that moment how little I know. It's nice and hard to search for God 
and to wonder where are you, Lord. It's a privilege given to seek out God. What's wonderful is that God doesn't hide. But yet sometimes it feels so hard to find what we're looking for in our search for God. Sometimes for me, it's to step into a place like the Narrows and just breathe in deeply and go, oh God, you're all around. But I confess, Lord, sometimes it feels like you're nowhere. I feel like God is beginning to teach me that over and over again, roadmaps are provided when we're on this search seeking, that it's not as if we're blindly or, or ignorantly walking, not knowing a path, but there are so many ways by which God leads Sometimes it's just by looking for some of the footprints of those who have gone before us. Sometimes it's just by listening to somebody who says, you know, I have found this spiritual discipline helpful at times. You might want to practice this and see if that draws you into God's presence. It's been such a wonderful journey to explore the search for God by those who have gone before and have left behind the breadcrumbs that teach us pathways. And one of the wonderful pieces of this is that sometimes they leave us clues of where it's hard to find God. It's in the context of this that for the first time I kind of revisited the Genesis story of creation where God gives some instructions. I, I, I'm telling you, don't go to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For the first time, I looked through the lens of seeking out God and it felt to me like maybe God was saying, that's a really hard place to find me. I mean, God's in all places. God's around. But because of this vessel that I'm in, because of the way I think, because of my journey, sometimes it's hard to find God in certain places. And I feel like God says to me, you know, it's kind of hard to find me when you're looking for the tree of knowledge of good and evil where you can come to a conclusion that you know what's right and you know what's wrong, that you know what's good and what's bad, that you can then begin to make the divisions of people, who's in and who's out. It's really hard to find me there. Be cautious about going to that tree. I feel like there are a forest of trees for which I could say that very same thing. It's not that I've left you, it seems like God says, but it's very difficult to find me 
in the tree of complacency. Where you no longer just care about the things that I've called you to care about. You're just complacent. It's in that part of creation, not that I've disappeared, but it's hard for you to find me. It's hard for you to find me when you're under the shade of the tree of greed. It's just a tough place to look past yourself to see me. It's hard to find me when you're hanging out near the tree of self-sufficiency the tree of insecurity. I mean, some of these things may not even be of your own making, but if that's where you've chosen to take up residence, it's tough to catch a glimpse of those things that are all around you. But let me, let me turn it the other direction. Let me tell you where it's easy to find me. You can find me if you uh, hang out with certain groups of people. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's a great place to find me. I would even suggest to you that those who are poor in spirit those who are feeling depleted, those are my people because I'm determined to fill them up. So you might want to look for me there. You might want to look for me among those who are mourning and grieving because that's where I like to go because those people who have come to the end of their resources, the end of their ability to keep boosting themselves up and pulling themselves up by the bootstraps, Sometimes you need somebody to help you with your own bootstraps, and I like to show up there, and you might find me there. Among the meek, among the merciful, among the peacemakers, among the pure in heart, among those hungering and thirsting, among those who are persecuted, I think you'll find yourself looking up at the mountains and going, oh God. I realized I was the one that needed mercy. I was in the midst of grieving. And you've invited me into the narrows, into the courtroom of your creation to remind me that this is all yours. Malachi in the tradition of the prophets, probably a contemporary of Isaiah where we've spent the last two months, maybe a contemporary of Hosea and Amos as well. He invites us, not as if we're trying to check off the to-do list of what it means to get on God's good side, because I feel like that's how I've ever always read this last verse of this Micah passage. 
It's like the final test of the course that I'm taking in God. And I have to make sure that I can check off the marks of doing justice, of loving kindness, of stepping into these places where I walk humbly, and then I'm going to get an A on the test. But I think God's just saying, you're trying all of these other things. Some of them are even profoundly religious things. If you're asking God, where are you? Look for me in the humble walk. Get up close to things that make you feel a little small. You're so close. Just walk a hundred feet this direction and gaze at the ocean. I created all of that, God says. And I created you. You'll find me. I know you keep looking in the thunder and the lightning and the earthquakes. But as another prophet said, it's in the still, small voice that God speaks. To fall in love with kindness, you begin to see the spirit of the Christ in every act of kindness around you. Oh, and the call. To do justice. To live in such a way that my life reflects God's mercy and grace. If I'll step into those places, and I've got to tell you, some of those places feel frightening. And isn't it fear that leads us to that place where we feel all alone and we start grabbing for control and start making an idol of everything we can control? And in so doing, we have turned away from God and begun to worship those things we can control? And when we feel out of control, the fears increase and the cycle continues. And this terrible cycle that we're in makes us paranoid about everything and everyone. But if I'll be reminded that the image of Christ is in you and God's grace is for you and I know so little but I know that God loves you then I start finding God in places I never expected. My world begins to change. I begin pushing open doors. I begin, begin living with less fear and more openness. Instead of defensive, I look to embrace. My world gets bigger and God's grace gets fuller. I want you to come back from the narrows. 
with a new way of seeing, a new way of loving, a new way of looking for God, and simply recognizing sometimes words hard to find God. Not that God's absent, but there are times when I get so caught up that my actual prayer of where are you, God, is, God, where am I? Could you find me, please? I've told you so many times before, though for newcomers, you haven't heard this, playing hide-and-go-seek when my girls were little and their cousins were over and they wanted me to be the one to count to 100 and come find them in our house. I counted, I counted fast and then I slowed down because I could tell they hadn't found their hiding spots yet. And When everything was quiet, I finally yelled out, 100, ready or not, here I come. And I started making my way to various places in the house, making a whole lot of noise, yelling about every spot I was looking in because I didn't want them to be frightened if I found them in a place that they were scared. And all of a sudden, I heard my sweet little niece very quietly in a place that I couldn't see start calling out my name, Uncle D. She was still hiding, but she wanted to be found. <laughs> Uncle D, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> Until finally I came to where she was, hidden behind a table, and I said, Nona, I found you. And she joined me to look for the others. She speaks my heart. Oh, God, find me. I'm actually not sure where I'm at. Just find me. The prayer of our heart this morning. May it be to follow the guidance of those who have gone before. And may our heart's prayer be, oh, Lord. Please find us. Let's pray together. Our creator, our God, our redeemer, our friend, our shepherd, our provider, our champion, our advocate. Sometimes in these days, Lord, it feels like we are collectively lost. 
feels like we do more harm than good. We can hide from it for a while. But then it just seems to burst in front of us again. Oh Lord, we confessed how hard it is sometimes to step up on behalf of every person because every person has your image stamped on them. Would you find us, Lord? All alone standing in the midst of the narrows? Or all alone standing in the midst of a hundred thousand people? Please find us. Help us to have the courage to step out of the cocoon and to look for the places where we can walk humbly. Give us a burning love for kindness. Invite us to take up friendships with those who have learned the posture of justice and mercy. May we find you in the midst of those who are poor in spirit those who mourn, who are meek, who hunger and thirst after righteousness, who are merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers. For those who are persecuted and don't even know it because they consider it pure joy to be your followers. Give us a mind that and a heart that doesn't even see those things that distract us, but a heart that is so fixed on your face, on your presence, that just taking steps with you makes the day worthwhile. For those here, Lord, whose circumstances are heavier than they could ever imagine they could bear, be with them and hold them. Embrace them in your arms. Give them the confidence to surrender to you because feasting at the tree of self-sufficiency just does not work. Eating the fruit of complacency just tastes so bitter sometimes. Find us, Lord, I pray. Amen.
church that we get to be a part of, not only the one that is in this room, but the global church that is joining and rejoicing your name and looking to live into the will that you've called us to, to walk humbly, to do justice. Lord, we're thankful that it's not just 
on our individual shoulders, but we get to reach over hand in hand, shoulder in shoulder, to be the body of Christ, to be the kingdom that has come. In Jesus' name we pray and we sing. Amen. There are many ways in which our kingdom comes, and we have multiple areas in our church that you can get involved in. And Tyler's actually going to come up and tell us what's happening in our church and the ways in which we can participate. So I'm going to ask you to be seated. Thanks, Tyler. Morning, church. So great to spend another Sunday worshiping alongside each and every one of you. Um, before we close and dismiss uh, from our worship service this morning, just want to make you aware of some of the things happening in the life of our church. Um, first, as usual, each Sunday, if you've got a smartphone, you can pull, out, pull it out and uh, open that camera app, scan the QR code that's on the bulletin or up on the screen. Let us know that you're here. Uh, this is also a great place to communicate any contact information change or any prayer requests you might have with us in the church office. Uh, great info for us to have on hand. I um, want to make sure you all know that this Wednesday is February 1st, which means we're kicking off the fullness of our Wednesday night programming. Um, so youth group will be running, Kid University will be kicking off, there's sanctuary choir rehearsal. Um, in addition, before that, Wednesday night dinner is being served in the plaza from 5.30 to 6.30, so hopefully you'll come and stop by on Wednesday night uh, midweek and uh, join in and all the stuff that we've got going on here at church. I want to make sure you know that our adult university classes also kick off on Wednesday with the first class that we're offering, which we're calling Who We Are, Church History, Identity, and More. And this is going to be a three-week class that just dives into the fullness of our church history, the history of the Church of the Nazarene, and more about what makes us us. And so uh, if you're already an official church member, uh, there's more to this than just the uh, standard membership class that you go through to become a church member. Uh, but if you aren't yet a church member and you want to attend this three-week class, it will also satisfy the requirement if you want to then at the end fill out the, the paperwork to officially become a church member. So this is for anybody, anybody in our congregation, whether you're new or whether you've been coming here for years, uh, just to refresh your memory and dive more into what makes our church our church. So hopefully you'll plan to join us for that. And then also, just making sure it's on the radar, uh, all ladies, uh, Sharon Heffernan hosting that Galentine's uh, event on February 9th at her home. So hopefully you'll plan to join her at her house. And uh, she's here this Sunday. If you've got any questions about it, I'm sure she'd love to talk to you about it. So thanks again so much for being here this Sunday. I'm going to invite Pastor D back up to offer us uh, our closing benediction. Thank you, Tyler. I do hope you get involved in the life of the church. It is uh, more than just a Sunday morning gathering. It's living life together. I'm going to ask part of our closing benediction, um, a musical benediction as part of that. Um, I hope this song allows you to recognize where we put our trust, where we place our faith as the foundation, the cornerstone that allows us then to go out and live out what God has called us to do. So as part of this benediction, I'm going to allow uh, the musicians to lead us.
if you will. I just want to encourage you this week, choose wisely the trees from which you eat, and may God find you seeking. And because of that, may God's peace fill your soul, may God's grace pour over you, and may you know God's love this week and become a vessel of God's love wherever you go. Go in God's peace. God bless you.